Adira Companies, welcome back to another episode of Touch Base. Uh, this season has been different. We've already done a couple of episodes, and one of the things that we've been focusing on uh, throughout all of this, uh, this discussion is emotional intelligence and, and what that is and, and how we cultivate it, how we do it. Uh, one of the things we've gotten a chance to do already is we've gotten to see uh, John McNelly talk us through uh, self-awareness. That was kind of that first prong uh, in this discussion of emotional intelligence. There are five, and I'm going to remind you what those are. There is uh, self-awareness, and then today we're going to discuss self-regulation, uh, the third of which is motivation, and then we move into the topic of empathy, and we finish everything off with social skills. And so, uh, if you will, let me take a few moments here, and I'm just going to walk you through uh, a quick reminder of kind of how we define emotional intelligence, and then we're really going to jump into uh, what self-regulation is and how we uh, how we live it out, how do we use it within our jobs and within our relationships. And so, I mean, let, let's jump right into this. Uh, just a reminder, uh, emotional intelligence is the capacity or the ability to blend thinking and feeling to make optimal decisions. It's the ability to just to use your heart and your head to kind of rationalize and work through things uh, to make the best decisions that you can make. And if you remember, when I talked through the concept of self-awareness, there were two different types of self-awareness needed in order for us to be successful. There's that internal self-awareness, which is kind of how we see ourselves. It's how we view our own values and, and passions, desires, hopes, and our fit within our environments. It's how we understand our own reactions, including our thoughts, feelings, behaviors, our strengths and our weaknesses, and how we impact others. And yet we kind of discuss the way that self-awareness works, and we don't just stop with how we view ourselves. In order to be the most successful person that we can be, we also need to do the external self-awareness piece, with it, which is to wrestle with how do others see us? How do others see what we value and what we're passionate about, our desires, our hopes, and how we fit into our environments? How do they view our reactions, including our thoughts, feelings, behaviors, strengths, and weaknesses? And, and how do they view our wider impact upon others and then on the places that we uh, work and in our relationships? And so those things kind of come together to give us a, a healthy vision, or at least a hopeful vision, of self-awareness, which is what leads us into that second conversation of self-regulation today. Self-regulation, this is just kind of a, a quick and easy definition for you. Self-regulation is to purposefully direct your behavior and your feelings towards long-term goals and healthy relationships. Now, I want to say that again just to make sure we're all on the same page. Self-regulation is to purposefully direct your, your behavior and your feelings towards long-term goals and healthy relationships. The idea is, and I think we all would recognize this, we are more than our feelings. And yet sometimes, without the regulation piece, that's the only thing people get is our feelings and not a lot of uh, thinking and, and, and really wrestling with consequences before we act. Before we jump into the uh, bigness of this conversation, uh, kind of building a foundation for self-regulation, I want to give you a, a great uh, story, uh, one that I think has impacted not just um, the black community, but really has brought a, a beauty and an understanding of self-regulation to the entirety of our country. Uh, April 15th, 1947, Jackie Robinson became a 28-year-old rookie playing in Major League Baseball as he ran on to Ebbets Field, changing not just the game of baseball, but in some ways our country forever. Jackie Robinson 
is the Major League Baseball player who broke the color barrier, becoming the very first black man to play in, the Major, League, in Major League Baseball. Mr. Robinson's number 42 is the only number in all of baseball to be retired by every single team based upon what he meant, not just to baseball, but like I said, to the way in which we did some reconciliation with racial issues within our country. Uh, Mr. Robinson, along with Branch Rickey, Branch Rickey was the president of the Brooklyn Dodgers at the time. They, uh, they meticulously planned out how Jackie would integrate into baseball because of the racism that he and so many black people were facing in our country. Mr. Robinson believes that Mr. Ricky should be honored for his inclusivity and his desire to love all black people in a time when so many whites wouldn't. Consider the timing of Jackie Robinson joining Major League Baseball in 1947. At the time in U.S. history, our military was still segregated. Brown versus Board of Education was still seven years away. Rosa Parks, who refused to give up her seat on a bus, had not happened and wouldn't happen for eight more years. Martin Luther King Jr. would not give his I Have a Dream speech for another 16 years. We were 17 years away from the Civil Rights Act of 1964. We were 18 years away before the Voting Rights Act was passed. Mr. Robinson, Mr. Jackie Robinson, was a true pioneer for racial reconciliation within our country, along with his friend and the president of the Brooklyn Dodgers, Mr. Rickey. Here's the interesting thing about this. Mr. Rickey and Mr. Robinson, they sat down and had a conversation about what it would look like for Jackie to enter into Major League Baseball and what, would, what it would take in order to truly make change. And this was the uh, commitment that they made to one another. This was the commitment that Jackie Robinson made to Branch Rickey, that no matter how horribly he was treated, no matter how upsetting the racial slurs were, no matter who said what, Jackie Robinson promised that he would not retaliate for a minimum of three years. Now, I want you to, to think about this. Again, this is 1947. Uh, if you know anything about history, you understand that the things that Jackie Robinson went through were horrible. But no matter how horribly he was treated, no matter how upsetting the racial slurs were, no matter who said what or what went down, even with his own teammates, Jackie promised that he would not retaliate for three years. Both he and Branch Rickey believed that if Jackie could keep from retaliating for those three years, the entire country would know not just his great character, not just the beauty of black athletes in sports, but also this is what it means to be something different in a world that in a lot of ways battles hatred and vitriol. This is self-regulation at its highest form. Remember, to purposefully direct your behavior and feelings towards long-term goals and towards healthy relationships. Now, let me talk you through for just a moment the qualities of self-regulators. Self-regulators can manage negative emotions, their own negative emotions. They join their behaviors to higher values towards something bigger than themselves. They put overall goals ahead of immediate pleasure. They redirect these negative feelings towards positive activity. They channel these things, these frustrations, or maybe even this anger that each of us have, that each of us kind of battle with every now and then, even some of our own doubts. They channel that energy in towards, towards positive activity. Self-regulation, interestingly enough, if you were to Google it right now, most of the things that would come up on your very first, maybe one, two, or three pages of Google would be about childhood because self-regulation or 
lack thereof, actually begins in childhood. But this is the thing, and I think you know this. Uh, it doesn't end there. At least it shouldn't end there. It is this constant journey of learning more. Self-regulators main maintain open communications. They persist in difficult times. I talk about this with my kids all the time. It's called grit, you know? Like, even when it's difficult, even when it's hard, you persist. We, we have this gritty attitude about us. Uh, even in those times, they put forth their best efforts. Uh, they're not holding anything back. They remain adaptable to various situations because they know that life is change and life is always changing. And so to be flexible means to actually deal with life as it comes. And they see the good in others, which I think is an important one there because they enter into conversations and they enter into relationships believing that the person across from them is good. We just got to figure out a way to work together. Self-regulation is an ever-changing discipline of discernment. And I'm going to say that again because I think that's a huge conversation for us. Self-regulation is an ever-changing discipline of discernment. It is not one of those things that like you just all of a sudden figure out self-regulation and you're done, like you've arrived. It is a lifelong effort. And there's an activity that kind of takes place in the midst of this that goes with your introspection, how you, how you wrestle through things mentally. There's the mindfulness piece. The understanding that arises where you're just paying attention on purpose. In the, in the moment, you are present, and you're looking at things without judgment. Um, you're wrestling through how is all of this kind of putting things together before you just act out. And one of the things that helps people sometimes is to do some focused breathing, some meditation. Uh, some people do gratitude lists, and others of us, some of y'all know uh, this about me, I love to exercise, I love to run. It clears my head. It gives me a chance to think through some things. The other piece of this is the mental reassessment, and here's what I mean by that. It's maybe to rethink how you view something, to change your thought pattern, uh, to rethink a situation in order to be able to change your response to it. If, if, if there are certain things that come your way and they're very frustrating or they tend to get under your skin, maybe the best thing that we can do is kind of rethink the way that we're reacting to that, and hopefully we can accept what is. Uh, we can learn to problem solve in a new way. And I think at the same time, when it comes to self-regulation, we've got to learn that every now and then we've got to think in the gray. Things are not always black and white. Uh, there are reasons behind why people act the way that they act. There are reasons behind why we act the way that we act. And so there's a lot of gray in how all of these things come together. And then when you need help, uh, you reach out, you ask for counseling, you, you, whether it's counseling from a good friend or a mentor at work or even a professional in order to become more uh, of who you want to be. The interesting thing about self-regulation, and this is where I think a lot of us struggle, a lot of us kind of uh, aren't always sure what to do, is we don't always understand our own bandwidth. We don't always understand how much energy we have or we don't. And a lot of times we think if we can just duck our head and battle through, uh, that, that we can just make it. And it's almost that fake it till you make it idea instead of understanding that grit uh, grit is definitely perseverance, but it's not burnout. Uh, grit is not uh, killing yourself and, and, and not realizing that you need help in certain ways. And so what a lot of us end up doing is once we get more stressed, we find ourselves having uh, not a lot of energy to give and not a lot of bandwidth when it comes to our emotional like intelligence and our ability to regulate those emotions. And so we enter into this fight or flight mode or we just become paralyzed. And so we've got to remember that whether it's a, 
stressful time at work or a stressful time at the house uh, with your family or with various relationships, we've got to be aware of our levels of energy. Like, where are we? Like, how much energy do we have? How stressed are we? And then when you walk into work and you find yourselves in stressful situations, being aware that, you know what, I'm a little on edge today. I'm going to take a little more time to step back and to think. And I think that's what leads us to those big questions that we kind of finish up this conversation, right? Like, how intentional are you about your life and your choices and your behaviors? How much thinking goes into those? How often do you account for your future? And that means, like, how often do you account for the consequences of your actions before you act? Are you actively and, like, humbly growing in self-awareness? And how often are your decisions based upon what is most healthy for you and most healthy for others? There's this massive amount of intentionality that goes with self-awareness. This is that concept of self-regulation, and I'm super excited to give you the next episode because in the next episode, we are going to interview Bridget Yeager, who is the VP of legal for the Madera companies, and she's going to talk through several things. I mean, she has done multiple levels of work within the Madera companies and Madera Residential, and now she is, the, like I said, the VP of legal, and if there's anybody who understands self-regulation, <laughs> it's somebody who operates in her world, and so I hope you'll join us for that next episode. Until then, hope you have a great day. Thanks for joining us.